I grew up, uh, man, dirt poor. Uh, you know, those kids from those commercials, you know, when you're sitting down just trying to enjoy a good movie on like FX and like, you know, the Feed the Children Foundation comes on. Like I was one of those kids <laughs> that you would have been supporting. Right. So like grew up in like a little hut in the Dominican Republic with like rats crawling all over cockroaches crawling in my mouth because I went to bed with some with some milk in there still. And uh, dude, lucky uh, enough, my uh, mother met my stepfather and we were able to transition here to the States. So, man, I, I mentioned that because I think that there's a mindset that attaches to a person just from your upbringing. And so there's mm-hmm. this poverty and lack mindset that I grew up with. Um, so I grew up in the suburbs of New Jersey, definitely, you know, lower middle class. Um, I was a, a, a wrestler, always into sports. I was a pretty damn good wrestler, um, made it to some college and then said, you know what, I'm gonna go do something else. And I decided to join the Marine Corps, right? Because I needed to fix a lot of things uh, from my life that I felt like were missing. By that, I mean, man, the fact that I didn't know what a man was, right? So I needed to go out there and identify with this man that I was pursuing. Um, I needed to go out there and prove something to myself. And I honestly just did it because it was it was an opportunity. There was no thought to it, but God being so good, man, it like works everything together for good because that's how I met my wife, man. I had my children and I've been able to, you know, develop myself as a man. Yes. Uh, I had to learn some really hard lessons along the way and those lessons came packaged as a lot of heartache, but, uh, they were all good. And again, all things have been working together for good. Now I'm fast forward a decade in, you know, 12 years in the military. And now I'm looking back at all of the work that God has done in my life, uh, all of the things that have worked for me and that didn't work for me. And I'm just putting that all together uh, into a compilation of conversations on podcasts and through social media, just really wanting to be a tool, really wanting to be a resource for guys who were in my position, right? Guys who are out there trying to develop Mm -hmm. themselves as the men that God created them to be, but that maybe they're lacking the resources, maybe they're lacking the tool, some direction. Uh, And you know, man, that's just some moments in life where you capture like a a nugget, right? Like a piece of a gold nugget. And you're like, man, I got to hold on to that. That will be critical. And I hope to be uh, really an avenue for guys to reach that and a, a resource for guys to feed from. So I do that through the Becoming Men podcast, bring on guys to talk uh, through some of the things that they had gone through, what they've learned so that guys can man, shortcut some of the aches and pains of life to be able to lead the lives that they want to lead, become the men that they were created to be. And gosh, man, that's where I find myself right now, right? Like I'm, I'm still dabbling into little things, little projects here and there, trying to become a more self-sufficient man. You mentioned like trying to grow my own food. Me and my wife looked at each other after the end of the, you know, we're at the end of the summer and we're like, yikes, we really need to uh, <laughs> learn how to do better, <laughs> right? Um, mm-hmm. So that's a practice still. Uh, then we started dabbling into some real estate, um, got our first Airbnb, had to just put a pause on our second Airbnb. And this is man, like six months later, uh, the snowball effect is really a thing. So we just put a pause on that, but like we're, mm-hmm. we're at that point where we're like ready to tackle the next one. And, uh, man, we're just, we're hopeful and waiting to see what the Lord wants to do. You know, like he's just moving our lives and we're leading, we're leading a God centered life. And that's Ray Dillon West in a nutshell right there. Nice. Yeah. I guess the, um, the things that, as I was kind of looking at your podcast feed, one of the things that was jumping out to me is there's a lot of names in there that I'm not familiar with because okay. the, 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 the different, uh, church men that are out there, but then digging into some of the stuff that they're saying, like, man, I gotta, I gotta look these guys up. I gotta mm-hmm. start letting that influence because there's aspects of the gospel that, obviously different pastors capture better than others. Different men are walking out different ways. That's one of the things I think that's so powerful about, you know, podcasting and social media and us connecting is there's little twists and little nuggets that we've had sewn into us that are impactful in, in that story of people. Um, so, so when you're saying, I want to try to dig into, you know, your college Marine Corps, you know, seeking after something, in and of yourself and kind of unpack that a little bit for us about the, you know, who you thought 
like the image of your of what a man was. Yes. You know, leaving uh, the Dominican Republic, leaving, uh, heading towards college, wrestling, going to the Marine Corps, and and maybe contrast that for us with with where you are now. The major influences then, things that have 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 been chipping away at you or sharpening the the, the iron that's kind of sharpened you uh, to where you are now. Oof. Yes, man, that is, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the gold, man. Really being able to dissect that because it's easy, right. To miss, uh, some of the real impactful things in your own story because you're living in it, right. It is your story. But when you start to dissect it and kind of put it to put it in pieces and look at it, even on a board guys, I like, I, I think everybody should take some self-reflection time to really look at their lives in this way. But, you know, I can, Again, I bring up that I came from this like poverty lifestyle because it matters with what I carried with me growing up, right? There was always a feeling of lack. And when there's always a feeling of lack in someone, you as a human are going to have this tendency to want to fill that lack. And one of the most terrible thing that can happen to a man is when you have a lack that you sense, but you don't even know what it is that you're lacking. And so you're moving. And you feel like you're making progress because there's movement, but really you don't realize that you're actually just chasing your tail. And so that movement translates into motion, but it doesn't translate into distance. So you're, co- you're, you're burning a lot of energy, mm-hmm. but you're not really moving forward in any one direction. And I would say that was me, man, from like the moment that I became aware that I lacked, right? So again, like, yes, it was ingrained in there. It was, it was there, but like it was self-evident at 14, 13 years old when I'm like looking at other friends and they have fathers and I don't, right? They have this and I don't. And like that led to like, want to steal, want to exploit, want to uh, just take for myself. And man, I I remember even just trying to like steal my friends' dads, right? Like trying to win over my friends' dads because I just desired it so much. And now this isn't something I could like vocalize or say while I was living in the space, right? It was, again, it wasn't apparent. You know, we, we live life forward, but we look back at life backwards and we can see, man, this is, yeah, this, this existed. This was there. And I can look back at that developing young man from 14 to man, like 19, 20 years old when I finally came to the Lord. And I was just in search of answering this question, which I think that John Eldridge um, really identified well for the Christian men space. And it's that question of, do I have what it takes? Right. So for me, like with wrestling, it's like I never wrestled before. And then I just showed up to wrestling practice one day and I just was like, I was decent. And so it just was a pursuit of, do I have what it takes? But then that got corrupted Mm -hmm. because with that pursuit came this affirmation of the false self. And so my identity began to get tied to the fact that I was a good wrestler. And now Ray's entire identity is tied to this. And if anybody else wins, that means, again, I have this lack and poverty mindset. If anybody else wins, that means I lose, right? So I'm, I'm this guy who's now like in competition with everybody because I have to be the only one that shines. And we all know, right, as, as at least in your early 20s and 30s, man, in your 40s, you know you can look back and say that's not the sign of a man. Right. But we have so many guys that exist in that space. And then I'm like, you know, looking at my father who I was emulating, wanted to emulate. I made up characteristics of my biological father uh, because I thought that, you know, this was somebody I wanted to be be like. But the guy had 11 kids with six different women. And those are the only the ones we know about. I make that joke because I mean, kind of half heartedly, like. I'm kind of serious about that. There could be more uh, that he doesn't even know about. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, so a man needs to sleep around. And so I, I got good at that. And then it was a competition with myself. It's like, not just like how many women can I sleep with period. It's like how many in one day, right? Like then it, it like, that's just, mm-hmm. that's the depravity, the depravity that I was at, right? Like I was completely um, just lacking in affirmation. And so I'm looking now for women to affirm that gap that was never, uh, that was never filled. And there goes my spoiling of my innocence, right? I'm I'm, I'm identified with what I'm doing in sports. I'm identified by the women that accept, accept me or reject me, right? Because that's equally as important. And then I make it to like the D one wrestling level. 
And for some reason, I think it's a really good idea to leave my, you know, my atmosphere, the place where I felt safe at home and go to this program, which, you know, is going to require so much of me. And I was not prepared for it. I really wasn't. And so I came to this point where I, I, I just, it got really hard, which I've never made that decision before, but I'd never had the concept of wearing out of depression or anxiety, right? I didn't have that emotional intelligence to know that that, those are the things that I was going through. So I said, okay, I'm done with this next best thing because I need to figure out like what being a man is. So I joined the Marine Corps thinking that I'm going to find this guy by jumping out of airplanes and killing bad guys. Um, I've not been able to kill any bad guys, but I got to jump out of airplanes and that's that, you know, that, that just was fun in and of itself. I was just having this adventure, but man, that like little boy never actually ceased to exist. And it became really apparent that I was 19, 20 years old physically, but emotionally I was still 12. I was still 13. Mm. And that, that's like the most embarrassing thing to say when you're a meritorious corporal. And it's even more embarrassing thing to say when you're a 22 year old sergeant leading your men to a combat zone and you still are existing in this false self, right? This false identity. And I lived there. And then I decided to uh, bring a woman along and say, hey, why don't you coexist with me? Move away from your support system uh, halfway across the country, move in with me in a small one bedroom apartment, let's play house together. Uh, yes, we've only known each other for 10 months, but this should work. <laughs> so um, I'll take a pause there, man, if, in case you wanna go backwards uh, on anything that I've said so far before we even just move forward from there. Um, yeah, I guess um, that would be maybe, you know, would, would like you given my background and experience and, and doing hard things, you know, and, and maybe expound a little bit upon, you know, that you're, you're, you're facing burnout, you're facing, you know, these things with wrestling yes and the transition to, to, you know, what your kind of your self self-talk was as you're facing these, the difficult, you know, difficulties of D one wrestling and what you were telling yourself that the Marine Corps was providing instead. Yes. You know, or was that, that would like a lollipop that gave you the, the ability to kind of walk away from it. And, and what, what, you know, looking back on that decision, you know, obviously as Christians, we can look back on the past and know that in God's providence, we've been brought mm -hmm. to this exact point because of his grace, because of, you know, obviously taking responsibility for, for decisions and realizing that, that there may have been opportunities that we missed blessing that could have been there for us and things, but also an acceptance that Christ looks at that and says, you know, uh, innocent, you know, yeah, um, yeah. and it's washed away. But I, you know, as you, as you, you know, joining the Marine Corps is not a, an easy thing to, to go from burnout and, you know, emotionally worn down, spiritually worn down and to jump into yes, uh, yeah. as well. Um, so what maybe kind of, you know, the, the differences between D one and, and Marine Corps and, and how you, you know, personally mental, physical toughness, uh, you know, Genesis for you. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's a really good question. And that's actually, that's actually pretty exciting. Cause it kind of gives me an opportunity to dissect that little piece that I don't think I have before. I think when I was in wrestling, I was I was pretty damn hard nosed. And I think guys that even doubt themselves would find that if they just press themselves enough, right, they would actually outlast, you know, what they mentally tell themselves that they can actually do, right? Like it's just with a little bit more grit, I know you can do it, right? Like if you were forced to with a gun to your head, trust me guys, as weak as you might feel right now, like you can do it. Mm -hmm. But there comes, there comes a point where you're no longer just faced with the physical challenge of something, but you have, um, I will say the emotional and spiritual challenge of something because, you know, so you have the mental, like maybe you have the mental strength to continue on. You have the physical strength to continue on, but you're lacking this like equally important dimension of the tripod that you are, right? Like mental, emotional, I, I mean, maybe we a little bit more, right? Like we have the mental aspect, your emotional, your physical, man, I, for me, your spiritual, right? So to have a really strong, stable table, you're going to need all four legs because when one side is pressed where that leg is weak, guess what's going to happen? It's going to freaking topple over, right? So I think mm -hmm. at that point I could handle the mental, uh, and 
to an extent. I can ha- definitely handle the physical. It was there was absolutely no problem there. But it got to the point where, man, I'm like legit just this nine, 18-year-old dude who's just... I, I get it. I'm gifted. I'm talented. I could do this. Like I have the strength to do it, but I didn't have somebody in my corner who was really looking at me and calling out my attributes and saying like, no, right. Keep going. Like you can. Right. So then the mental started to get degraded. And then, like I said, the emotional just was like that toppling point, the spiritual just as much. Right. Like emotionally, man, I, I would say I was seven at the age of 18. I never said sorry in my household. We just We just weren't taught that, right? Like when you had a fight, you yelled, you slammed a door, you walked away and two days later, nothing happened. Or at least that's how you lived your life, right? So you show up to any space with young adults and you live, you live with that, uh, out of that stance, it's not going to go well. (laughs) It's just not going to go well. Mm -hmm. And so my emotional resiliency wasn't there. And it's funny how I could then say, well, the next best thing after D1 wrestling, when I feel like I'm burnt out, would be joining the hardest branch of the United States military. The United States Marine Corps. <laughs> I'll just let that one lie and let uh, our users' past experiences be their guide on that one. <laughs> so I did it, man. And like, definitely the coolest uniforms, bar none. Uh, absolutely. Best marketing of any service because there's no way you can get people to do that dirty of work unless your marketing game and uniform is 100%. on point. Man, we, we are absolutely a cult. I, I have come to, yeah. I have come to accept that. <laughs> like the fact that we yeah. get some guys to do some of the wildest things for very, mm-hmm. very poor pay <laughs> and they're proud of it mm-hmm. is, uh, it's a cultish thing for sure. <laughs> no man. But yeah. then I, I joined the military and I'm like, yeah, the physically like this is easy. And it has like, you know, no, no, uh, emotional requirement. It's just showing up to boot camp, showing up to MCT, showing up to jump school, showing up to like MOS school, all these things. It's like just doing what you're told. And I was like really good at that. But at a certain point, it's going to catch up to you. <laughs> the thing that you've been running away from, it's going to catch up to you. It's like you, if you didn't work legs for two years and then you were told to go climb a mountain, like dude, what, what did you expect? Like you had no prep and no conditioning mm-hmm. for this. Like, yeah, maybe you had everything in the bag, right. That you needed to make up, make it up that hill. But like, you're missing some critical components that you, that you're going to need along the journey. And so that's why I was literally in the place where I was at when I met my wife, you know, and you know, I, I kind of mm-hmm. like to tease it this way. I say, man, I made it 120 something days before my wife said deuces. 120 something days mm-hmm. married. And she's like, I, I actually can't do this with you. <laughs> like you, you mm. suck. <laughs> she didn't say that. And it didn't actually go that way. I just left to work one day and she just like, wasn't there <laughs> when I came back home. Mm. Um, and it was literally because I was half of a man, half of a man, mm. like physically I can make it. Guys like that is an extremely important part of being a man, being physically capable, mentally I can make through, I make it through a lot of hardship. Like that's equally mm-hmm. as important. Um, but man, if you are lacking emotionally and spiritually, it's going to catch up to you. And the, the, the price only gets heftier as you get older and further along in whatever professional career, whatever, uh, you know, thing you're pursuing, anything. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, uh, the thing that just hit me was like, you know, as a, if you have the physical strength of a man, you, you can be like a, a Humvee, you know, that's got this frame, it's got roll roll bars, yeah. it's got enough travel in the tires, you can go over some train, but if you don't have spiritual, emotional, you don't have gas you for that, yes. that vehicle. Yes. And, and so you're just going to sit still and, and, or if you don't have enough, it's going to sputter, you know? And, yeah. and so I guess that's, that's kind of the thing is, is the, what is it that is, is burning inside of you is, is you got to have the outer shell. You got to have that ability Mm -hmm. to, to keep, you know, the heart, keep these vital organs, you know, protected, but you got to have something to burn and it's got to be the right fuel. Like it's, you know, it's got to be the right thing. And, uh, so, so your wife didn't stay gone. She, she came back. Yeah. Or, that's, or that's is a, this, is this a, is this a first marriage kind of thing? Like <laughs> that's a know, good question. you wouldn't be bringing her into the picture unless we could talk about this. Right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's fully, we could fully talk about it. 
Um, yeah, she's still here. She's still my uh, queen bee Praise after nine years of marriage. Um, just told me yesterday we're having our fourth child. So I'm sure she oh, won't get mad that I just said that on a podcast. <laughs> so, yeah. You got a couple of weeks to tell the in-laws. So, yes, yes. Uh, before this hits the airwaves. Right, right. Um, yeah, man, she, she did stick around. Um, and she did it because of one uh, really pivotal change that I made during that time that she was gone. You know, I was chasing my tail. Like I said, I was just making a lot of movement, but I wasn't going anywhere. I was like, a, I was like a cow, you know, I love to use this analogy. I was like a cow because you'll never see a cow take off in a full sprint. It just like does not happen. But what they do is they mosey around from one field of grass to the other, just trying to fill their bellies right? That's all a cow's job mm -hmm. is to do. Let me eat as much as possible where it feels good, when it feels good so that I can continue mm -hmm. to live. But I don't think any man would want to identify as a cow or have a life existence that resembles that of a cow. You don't just want to wander from one field to the other just because it felt good or because it looked good or because it was easy, right? You want to do it because mm -hmm. there was purpose and intentionality because it meant something and because you were going to leave a legacy that mattered. And so I came to this realization that, man, I've been alone this entire time. I'm surrounded by people, but I'm absolutely alone. <laughs> that sounds cheesy. I've heard mm -hmm. it so many times, but it's, it's so dang true. And mm -hmm. I was sitting on the beach in Southern California, 11 o'clock at night in my Marine Corps issued sleeping bag, just like begging God for help. And I stumbled upon this website where this guy, you know, is, is, is out there just saying, Hey, I help guys, you know, work through their junk in a space, in a safe space. You know, sometimes we go to men's group and it just doesn't feel like the right space to really, really, really work on that discipleship piece, really tell uh, mm -hmm. what's going on inside so that you can lay it out there, have another man look at it and call out the goodness in you. And for some reason, man, he picked up the phone. He was in a completely different time zone. He, you know, we're really good friends. Now he told me like, he just felt like the Holy spirit just told him like, yeah, you need to take this call took the call. He was in bed, took the call, listened to me, just kind of sobbing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it pretty much gave me this, like the work starts tomorrow type of speech. And from there, man, mm. I set on this like journey of two plus years of discipleship with this guy. He was my personal coach mm. that we met. Like we would not get off a call until we knew when the next call was going to be. And it was usually like a week mm. later. And that's where this passion in me developed for connection, for coaching, right? For community. Because I saw that, mm. man, that was like the critical piece that I was missing. Yeah, sure. I was being discipled mm -hmm. um, or I, I was being, you know, instructed in the military, right? This is how you become a successful NCO. This is how you become a successful sergeant. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. I was doing all those things well, but when it came to the, the actual me, right? Not the like Sergeant Dell, but like the Ray, <laughs> I needed a little mm -hmm. bit of assistance there and having that man come into my corner and actually start shaping my walk, shaping the direction that I was walking. My wife looked at that and was like, you know what, this, this might be hard and it's going to suck. Um, but we can get through it together. And that reassured her to say, okay, I'm going to come back home and, and I'll be there. So was she a, was she a Christian at that point? Yes. Yeah. So she, my, my wife actually grew up as a Christian, um, kind of walked away from the faith and I did not mm -hmm. grow up as a Christian. And then we kind of converged right there. Right. So I was coming to the Lord and she was coming back to the Lord. And that's, that's when we met. Mm. Yeah. And so you, when you were in desperation, you, you were at the point that you knew it was God that you needed. Oh, it yes. wasn't. So, so when you're on your phone searching, you know, smartphone searching something, you're, you're, you're looking in that genre. Yes. Uh, you're not, you're not trying to buy mushrooms and get a Ooh, transcendental man. experience, or you're not trying to, to, to search for meaning in these other places. Like you yep. kind of had narrowed down where the fountain, the wow. true fountain of wow. was, was from. Right. Yeah. Man, that's such a good point. Yeah. Cause I could have gone to any other thing that would have helped me feel better at that time. Any other field, right? More grass. Or grass. Another, exactly. Another pasture. Exactly. Like I could have, I could have hit like xxx.com, right? Whatever, mm -hmm. you know, pornography website, the, the plethora that are mm -hmm. already out there. I could have hit up whatever X, you know, that would have made me feel good. Like I had done in the past. I could have, I could have hit up, um, <laughs> maybe dove into 
movies, right? And man, some guys don't even realize this, but I could have dove into a task and been completely just mm-hmm. laser focused into a task because it was going to make me feel like I had some meaning and, and, and purpose. And so I was going to focus on that and excel in that. And that was going to be my, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote drug. Like you said, I could have done shrooms. I could have gone drunk. And like, for some reason, the Lord just, <laughs> just brought me to the beach. Um, mm. And I was able to get, yeah, get on a, a men's ministry website and just like, I didn't, I guess I didn't know what I lacked. Again, I, I said that from the beginning, like I didn't know what I was missing. I just knew that it was missing. So yeah, it was a God thing, man. It's mm. awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so cool that, to, uh, to hear, you know, I mean, I guess in some ways, you know, I, I envious of it is not, is not the the word because I, I know it's, it was incredibly hard, but it's always cool for me to hear because I, I grew up in the faith, um, you know, two parent household. But at the same time, like I can be honest at times, it's like it, it doesn't have the same. Uh, I can I, there can be times in my life I don't have the same intensity mm. because it's just kind of always been a thing. Sure. And it's easy to 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 lose, uh, you know, just like, you know, being at church and taking the elements, the body and blood of Christ, you know, broken for you, uh, shed for you and to just kind of be blah about Mm -hmm. it, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's just, it's been a repetition thing or it's been something that you've kind of always known. So it's always really cool to hear, um, stories where God can bring, you know, uh, unity and growth and, and, and faithfully call people to himself. That's right. And, 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 and write a story, you know, Cause that's not the, the life that your, your boys are having to, to grow up with, that's right. you know? Yeah. And you have, you have two boys and a girl. Is yeah, that what? That's right. What's the, two yeah. boys and a girl, girl sandwich. They got the some luscious locks. So sometimes it's hard to, when they're, when they're blurs across the Instagram screen to yes. tell exactly what's going on there. But <laughs> I also understand cause that's the way I was when I had to cut my hair short. I was like, don't cut any of my boy's hair. Right. They're gonna they're gonna have luscious long locks because Sergeant Major says I gotta cut my hair and we're gonna <laughs> let y'all live it out. The be full. That's right. And uh and, and little warriors. So anyway, yeah, I mean one of the things I think that is is uh um I've liked to see is that you've run at the pornography uh on on social media and have actually given some calls to say, Hey, we're starting this up. Yeah. If it's something that you're struggling with. Yeah. And I think that, I don't know if it's been your experience, but in the military, there's guys that'll call themselves Christians, but then you go TDY and they're cheating on their wives. Yes. You know? And so I think one of the litmus tests for me, as I look at another man is, can you control your penis? Mm. You know, like right. it's, it's literally, it's, it's, this is a, a very godly aspect yeah. of, of who we are in Christ. It is meant for, uh, for, for fruitfulness. It is meant for blessing. It is, is covenant, uh, you know, unity, one flesh, God's doing something amazing there, but we cheapen it, you know, and even having, I'm having a date with my wife, uh, a couple nights ago and just talking about, you know, the covenant faithfulness and vows that we take at the altar and to say, you know, in sickness and health and to covenant before God that one flesh means just one, just you. And in spite of brokenness, in spite of past, you know, but then also to, to, to be able to cheat on those vows mm. when people don't know about it. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I think one of those things that catches up with guys, um, you know, I mean, legitimately is a, the physiological level because you've, you've rewired your brain, uh, to, to, to get satisfaction from a lie and to also, I mean, that covenant side of things for men to be practicing something in secret and, and, and not think that affects their sons generationally, the sins of the father and things like that. So, you know, and, and, and obviously being fallen, and, and having, uh, having that meaning our Christ is bigger than all that. We don't get to hold on to this thing and say, you know, Oh, I'm, um, you know, I'm going to be defined by this. You know, that's what the lie of the devil says. Like, this is, this is too dark. Nobody can know, nobody can find out about this and, and need to keep it secret. And, and so, you know, I guess that's one of the things I'm like, okay, this guy's, this guy's legit because 
he can bring it up, you know, and he can use his past. He can use things for good, uh, in, in, in ways that only God can do and, and take our, our lack, our brokenness and tear down strongholds, you know? So it was kind of a long lead into that, but that was, that's another like thing that, that jumped out at me as I, as I watch kind of the content that you're, um, you're putting out and, and just give us, give us the lowdown on that for, for guys that are, that are out there that are struggling in that regard and, and experience kind of things that you, you, what you say to them? Well, I really appreciate you bringing that up, man, because that is one of the things that I feel personally called to empower and equip men with. And I say that because of my own personal walk uh, away and and battle uh, with pornography. Um, I was introduced to pornography way too young. I'm talking like I already knew stuff at six years old, right? Like I was already well too aware, Mm. um, sexually active way too young because of it, right? That's, that's, that's the lead up when you put a kid, um, with a, with a mind underdeveloped mind and you show them stuff like that. But I would say I was addicted for Mm. 10 years and I I will pause right there and just like (laughs) discuss the word addicted because a lot of people would think, ah, I'm not actually addicted. I don't have a problem. I can quit whenever I want, right? Mm-hmm. If you looked <laughs> at the narrative of so many people uh, who, you know, in the uh, alcohol, alcoholic realm, right? Or, you know, when it comes to drug addictions, they would say the same exact things. They would say like, I can, mm-hmm. I'm not addicted. I can quit whenever I want. <laughs> then why haven't you? Mm-hmm. Knowing every single thing it does to you, knowing how it's completely destroyed your family thus far, right? And we, and we see that in the alcohol and in the um, drug use. But I think as a culture, man, as, as society, we just don't see the same, uh, we don't have maybe the same sort of awareness of how pornography affects us. And so we think it's, we take it lightheartedly. We joke around about it, man, in the military. It's like, it's just like, of course he's watching pornography. Like that's how prevalent it is. And Mm -hmm. we don't know what it's actually doing to us. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we think, no, we're not addicted. We just kind of watch it sometimes because we, we just want to. Well, if you knew what was going on inside of your brain, and you took a brain scan when you're watching pornography, you would have a completely different standpoint. Don't take that from me. Just take that from the developing science and the fact that neurologists have been able to look at brain scans and see that. If you don't think that it's a problem, then I would ask you to just just stop for the next 30 days, just for the sake of you just wanting, just proving something to yourself at the very least. And if you don't Mm -hmm. feel like you have any sort of uh, response to that, I, I, man, I'd question where you're at. And so Mm -hmm. I'd say, man, yeah, I was addicted to pornography for about 10 years. Um, So all of my my teenage years and into my 20s. And I I was at a home group one day and somebody like said, like, yeah, and watch it, like watching pornography is not okay. And that's like my first awareness. I'm like, oh, (laughs) I didn't know. (laughs) Like, of course I knew, right? Like I I knew, but I didn't think about it, right? And it's almost like that that struggle. kind of like half-hearted nod. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 I agree, right, but right. I also am convicted at the same time. <laughs> yes. It's, it's like uh, when Paul talks about the law, you know, like there would have been no sin without the law because the law is what is pointing to the sin, right? The law is telling you what is right and what is wrong. And so um, it's kind of like that thing. It's like at that moment, I became aware of the law, not for the sake of it being just like, um, as, uh, you know, detrimental to us because there's Christ, right? But like awareness of this sin, mm-hmm that I was living in. And man, I'm like, okay, I need to stop doing that. Well, a young man saying I need to stop doing that is not the same thing as a young man saying I will no longer do that. Right. I will, I I should is not the same thing as I will. (laughs) And so then I was like now a Christian showing up to church, but I'm kind of just like checking women out and still watching pornography, Mm -hmm. you know, when I kind of fell and I'm just kind of treating it so um, half-heartedly until one day I was just like, okay, I'm done. And then I met this beautiful woman, woman um, who is now my wife. And I'm like, I'm completely done. Mm -hmm. Um, Thankfully it stuck. And I will say it felt like the Lord came in and just like at a snap of a finger, it was gone from my life. I didn't struggle in the sense of like, after that moment, I I just really want, I just really want to watch it, but I just won't because I'm going to choose my wife. Like 
Nate, I'm not kidding. Like, I just don't desire porn. I have this conversation openly with my Marines, right? Like mm-hmm. guys in the room would just kind of have an open, open conversation. I'm like, guys, I literally don't desire it. I don't, I don't want to watch it. I, I can see a pornographic image, you know, that just comes up whenever you're on dang TikTok nowadays. And I'm just like, don't care. It does not affect me. Mm-hmm. It's not what I desire. And you're like, well, how do you, how do you do that? How do you go from, from <laughs> point A to point B? I'm gonna tell you, Number one, the cod is good, right? And then don't get me, tw- don't get it twisted. Like I still battled because what ended up happening is I took a, I took a decade to build a habit that I now needed to undo, right? Like the spirit is good and moving. And like I said, like it, it broke right away. The desire for it broke right away, but not my tendencies. And so I had a tendency of being at the gym. And what am I looking at? Every single time I'm at the gym. When there's a woman that walks by mm-hmm. with shorts and my wife is actually watching me mm-hmm. and she's like, I just saw that. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, that's super embarrassing. I'm on my first date with my wife and she's like, for, we, we weren't married, uh, but I'm on my first date with her. It was a couple's date. And uh, she told me like later on, like, oh, I saw, we saw you, like me, <laughs> her and her friend saw you checking out the waitress. I'm like, no, I did not. She's like, you legit did. And like, I don't remember if I did, but I can tell you it definitely matches up with my history. Right. Mm-hmm. So man, now I'm at a point where after this grind, after working through this, after developing new neurological pathways, um, mm-hmm. I'm 10 years free of watching pornography. And I don't know that many guys I can say, yeah, I don't, uh, number one, desire porn, but I have not watched porn in over 10 years. I have now crossed that mm-hmm. threshold of like, I've now wa- not watched porn longer than I did. And that feels amazing. Mm. There's the Lord. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I can't say it's been 10 years, you know, like yeah. it's, 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 uh, when I think you just, I think you did a post about it, you know, and I, and I think that's what's probably helpful about you doing that is, um, you know, I've had some guys in the military tell me, you know, there, there's two types of guys in the military. There's guys that haven't had the opportunity and there's guys that have cheated, mm. you know, and, and, and I, and I've been there and I've said, you can categorize life that way to make you feel better. Uh, but you're not including, I don't fit into either of those, Yeah, you know, yeah. There, there's been opportunity and by the grace of God, it didn't happen. Yeah. And, and because I, you know, have a, a vow and I, I have a promise that there's something better and I'm sorry, but the, the categories have to get blown away by Christians speaking the truth because that's what men will do. We'll create these categories. Mm-hmm. We create, oh, everyone does it. Mm-hmm. Everyone is, you know, this is, this is just, you know, this is modern life. You know, it's just, it's just, it, it's in whatever excuse you make up in your mind. And I think that if every guy's like, okay, yeah, I haven't, haven't, um, fit done the physical act or cheated or whatever. We, we were told in scripture, you know, look upon a woman with lust in your heart's adultery, you know, and, sure. and that's the standard, the law is that. And so, and how many guys can, can be sitting in their car and thinking about like that, if, if my, my wife was standing there watching my eyes 24 seven, as I go about and do my work or whatever, would I pass, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and those are, that's the same standard that Christ is, is it, that it's applied to us, but Christ, that's you know? Right. And so anyway, that's what I want to bring that up. I wanted you to have opportunity to tell listeners that because um, I think there's probably a lot of people Absolutely. judging by the statistics that are sitting in that seat, struggling with it actively now yeah. or very freshly clean of it and, and are not really envisioning mm. that it's something that they can, they can put away forever. Yeah. Well, um, you know what I mean? So you'll heard it from Ray. Yeah. You know, I mean, with uh, that, man, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that like not watching porn is not the same thing as being freed from porn. And I say that because that's how I actually existed for the first like year of being free. I equated my inactivity as freedom when really I was now starting to live a life of like a horse with horse blinders, right? Like they, you put a horse, a horse, you put horse blinders on a horse so that it doesn't get spooked by everything that's to its left and right. And so I, as a, just trying to be a good Christian man, just trying to honor my wife, um, trying to walk away from this past lifestyle, I'm going to go ahead and just 
I'm just going to do this, right? Like I'm going to exist like this. And everybody knows like, that's not a way to live. You can't walk around life thinking that you're never going to be exposed to anything. I remember driving through Las Vegas when I'm trying to remain pure. And I'll tell you right now, Mm -hmm. there's a way around Las Vegas that you should probably take if that is, if that is your goal. And it's not through the center Mm -hmm. of it. (laughs) They call it Sin City for a reason and it's on the billboards. The reasons are on the billboards, right? And so, man, it's the same thing with like movies. Like that became a huge thing for me. Mm -hmm. I still, (laughs) I am free. I feel, I lead men in this. I feel absolutely like by no way do I feel tempted and I will still look up a movie right now. All you got to do is go to imdb.com, scroll down till you find the parents guide, parents guide or parents guidance tab. You click on that and it will tell you the scenes that are in those movies that maybe you wouldn't allow like your six-year-old to to see it. And if your six-year-old can't see it, I probably won't won't watch it just because I care about what goes through my eye gate, right? Like this is a Mm -hmm. gate to my mind. I care about that. So again, just wanted to bring up that point that like, just because you're not watching it and you're like white knuckling, like you're just like holding on tight doesn't mean that you have experienced freedom. Freedom is, you know, somebody said it this way. Freedom is like when you can stumble accidentally into a room full of like, you know, they said hot Brazilian models and like you still walk away being a faithful husband to your wife and only thinking of her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I would never want to be in that situation, but I 100% understand where it is that you're coming from. Right. It's not my removal of something. It is my freedom while existing in the world as the world is. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, and I think that there's, like you said, there's, there's a, a understanding and being an honest broker with yourself mm-hmm. about what is it really having, you know, and I think the one, one of the podcasts I listened to, you had a pastor on was talking about like, Oh, it's, it's, I'm an adult. So it's okay for me to watch this because I know that's wrong. I know whatever, like it's, it's not like yeah. it's bad company corrupts, good morals, mm-hmm. bad movies infects you in some subtle ways. And that, I think that, that, um, you know, my pastor talks about, you know, viewing Christianity as like a list of don'ts, like you, thou shalt not, or freedom, the only freedom that exists because you know, what is the thing that's better than all these other things? Like it's actually, you don't do that because it's, it's sin and hell, you know, he does not know the, 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 the sluggard or the unfaithful in Proverbs, you know, no one will know, come to my house. My husband's away. Yeah. He doesn't know that the dead are there, mm. you know, they're in Hades, you know, and that's and so I think it men there's, and this we're harping on this one issue. Cause I know this is one of those things, but there's dozens of things that us as men kind of view it as I've heard one, one guy talk about is like holiness is not, you know, a line you don't cross but it is a, a trajectory and a direction mm. towards whole, like towards Christ. So I think that a lot of us in, in modern, you know, evangelical Christianity in, in America will, will, will draw these lines and be like, I haven't crossed you yes. know, these arbitrary, you know, legalistic lines that we've set up. But if we're honest, we're not in, on a trajectory mm. towards Christ in all these areas, which, which is in, in a sense is leaving those lines you know, way at in the, in the distance behind you because yeah. there's, there's a trajectory to go. Um, yeah, that's a good point. So I like that. Yeah. Well, um, so, you know, battling all these things spiritually, you know, and, and kind of changing and, and committing to walk in a certain way, you know, talk about the things you're going after now, you know, we talked about a little bit at the beginning, you got, you know, the, the, the homesteading, the, 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 productive property, yeah. the, you know, discipling children, um, in, in, in ways of the Lord. And, and let's just, you know, take that, you know, out of into, take the, the brokenness and talk about what you're, what you're doing now, what's, yeah. what's exciting. What's what, uh, what is the Lord? Um, you know, we're waking up every morning, just like, and, uh, I imagine you're like me. It's like, I got another day. Here we go. Yes. Let's do this. That's and right. you're just amped to yeah. get at the work the Lord has put in front of you. That's right. Man, you know, just re- reflecting on what it is that I have in front of me, I, I have to say that I would have wanted to be here 10 years ago. Right? Anybody can say that. Like, man, I wish I would have figured this out earlier. <laughs> I would have mm-hmm. wanted to be here 10 years ago, but I wasn't, I definitely wasn't mature enough. I definitely wasn't emotionally, spiritually, physically developed enough to actually 
be here. Right. And so I, I think there's, there's that constant reminder right now that like, Hey, Ray, it's remember, it's the journey. It's the journey. It's the journey. And so I'm trying to treat life like that. I'm not trying to just reach somewhere, which I felt like my twenties was that, like I just needed to reach somewhere and I don't actually know where that somewhere was, but it was like, I'm reaching, uh, even striving in the Lord, man. But like right now I'm just like more present in the journey. And I think that just comes also from like being aware that you're leading a seven, a five and a three-year-old, uh, in life, right. you're leading your, your wife in life. And so you have to be more present. You have to peel back and like what actually matters, what will matter mm-hmm. most when I'm no longer here? I was I was in a terrible RV accident. And if you watch any RVs ever, any RV accidents, you'll see that the car usually flips with the RV when there's an accident. I had an RV flip on me, a long 40-foot uh, travel trailer on I-95. And uh, <laughs> statistically speaking, like I should have rolled with it and I didn't. I mean, it's like moments like that where you're just like, what actually matters? Um, so right now, man, what I'm, I'm now, you got to expound upon this a little bit. I've, I've been in a 15 passenger van, yeah. uh, when I was 16 pulling a 40 foot one yeah. and it started to do the fishtail and we rolled down I 10 really, uh, as a family. Oh, no way. When, Wait, I, was did, at, when did, I was in high school. Holy smokes. Did the vehicle roll, rolled with it? Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We did a oh my goodness. 360 degree roll and 180 around. around. Yes. Uh, and landed in the median of I-10 upside down. So I think we almost rolled back onto the wheels like a full roll and then fell back down yeah. uh, on its side. Oh my so goodness. I can, I can envision that exactly. Yeah, you know exactly what you're talking about. The van rolling man. down the interstate. That's intense, man. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah. I, I sold my four bedroom house, moved into a 40 foot RV and said, let's play house in this thing. Uh, and then it was yeah, time yeah. to, it was time to move. I had to take some things out of there. We were going to a duty station that it just didn't make sense to, you know, live in it. It was only six months. I was going to do some training. Uh, so I was just hauling it up somewhere to store it. So key point of that is I took way too many things out of the RV and made it too light at the front, heavy in the back. So it had, mm. didn't have enough tongue weight to really stay steady. It was a really windy day yep. and man, it just like, it happened so quickly. It, and <laughs> there's only one thing I actually remember about it. And it's thinking, I just want to be there for my kids. I kid you not. I swear everything slows down. Just like people say, time goes by so slow. You like every micro movement, you're aware of it. And all I could think is no, no. I said, I remember saying Jesus. Mm-hmm. I said Jesus once or twice. Mm-hmm. And then I, I thought, I just want to be there with my kids. I want to be there for my kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't roll, dude. <laughs> I didn't roll. That thing just kind of took wow. off 40 feet, man. Um, it rolled once, and you, if you saw the pictures of so the it popped off the hitch, no, on you, no, that's <laughs> that's the the. It, I'm sorry, it popped off the hitch, but the um, the weight distribution bars just twisted, <laughs> like they should have. It, it was just intense, man. The chains twisted, everything twisted, and it, it was just crazy. Um, but it, yes, it was able to kind of come off the hitch enough where it didn't it didn't continue to take me. So yes. Um, but uh, survive, survive that. Um, and yeah, man, like now I'm just so focused on what actually matters right now. And, you know, I, I don't mind sharing this right now. I'm faced with a really hard decision where I don't care where you stand on the vaccination thing, but I'm choosing not to not to um, take part in the mandated vaccinations that the military is mandating. Uh, now, it's very controversial because mm-hmm. more information is coming out there. And I am one of, you know, hundreds of guys that said no at first and then more pressure and more pressure and more pressure. Um, one that's still holding on. And I find it funny that I've had mm-hmm. to re-sign the same letter over and over and over again, as in like somebody's like giving me another chance and another general comes in. Here's another chance, another general. Here's another chance. And I'm like, nope, you're, it's going to be on you. You're going to decide to mm-hmm. to have a 12 year you know, military officer leave the military because you uh, this vaccination thing. Anyways, side tangent. Um, it just really helped me realize, man, and come to terms with the fact that like, first of all, my identity was tied to my job forever. And it makes sense because I came in when I was 18. I developed as a young adult in the military and it's, it was strongly tied, but I'm, I'm kind of peeling back the onion and I'm like, who's Ray? What's important to Ray? What's important for family? What, what are we doing? And now we're starting to live this, um, out of this lifestyle of like just becoming self sustaining. 
right? Like we're looking at the fact that we just don't want to rely on a W-2. We don't, not that it's bad by any means. Actually, I, ha- I have to take another W-2 job to continue building my runway strip so that me and my family can take off into financial freedom, right? Um, Mm-hmm. But just peeling back like, man, OK, no, we don't want to live under this burden or with this burden. So our thing is like, OK, where's the next piece of land that we're buying so that we can go build our own house on it? Um, we know we're going to farm. So let's practice now. I have like, a, you know, almost two acres in my backyard. And so we're just kind of like mini farming, literally figuring it mm-hmm. out. And I just went over to my mother, uh, my mother-in-law's and my wife's grandmother and uh, they grew up on farms. They live in small farming towns. And I'm like, you know, it's funny. I'm mm. paying money and I'm trying, you know, daily to learn what you had to know just to survive. She's like, yeah, we only ate out of a garden. And I'm like, I know I'm trying. I'm actually like striving to get back to where you were, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the old ways, the old ways, man. And it just turns out that it's like the good way. Um, and so mm-hmm. we we're looking and we're saying, okay, what can we leverage to be able to get there? Um, and so, you know, we've had rentals before, I've uh, been blessed enough to be able to like, just learn, man, free, free learning too podcast after podcast out there. You can learn a lot. Um, started dabbling in real estate. Uh, one thing led to another, um, one sale of a house led to another. And just like the favor of the Lord, like landed us with this now current Airbnb property that we're expecting to net, you know, twice, three times more than the amount that we expected, uh, in the beginning, which, like I said, we were like already ready for our second deal. And we will be looking at our second deal here in the next few months, uh, just because we see it, it's working. And it's going to help us get to the lifestyle that we actually want to live a lifestyle that's quiet. It's self-sustaining. Um, we, we are an actual tribe, right? Like a a family unit, a family unit. Like we actually like each other in our family and we promote that. Um, so yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, for sure. I guess what are the, how old are you right now? So I just turned 30. Nice. Yeah. So First of all, it's way super encouraging to me that uh, guys are, you know, I was talking to a guy earlier, um, I guess maybe start at the beginning of this. I got a guy joining the operation that's uh, not even asking for exemption anymore. He's, he's changed it to refusal so that he can get out and start entrepreneurship, which is a blessing. Yes. And I think that um, one of the things that I, I guess, I, I, the people that are listening to this are probably not going to be people that are facing that necessarily where they are. Um, at this point, they've kind of, people have made up their mind about that. Yeah. But I guess one of the things, uh, I, I want, uh, people to know is that there are service men and women, um, facing this persecution still. Yes. Um, and that they're not the slackers. You know, it's not it's not easy to tell the government no, uh, especially in a climate like the Marine Corps and the Army where I was. You know, there's several times that I had to tell my bosses, uh, I'm not picking that up. You know, yeah. like you can't just you can't your poor planning is not going to affect my family in that way. That's right. And and the answer is no. Um, so uh, I think that that's, I guess, the main thing that I want people that are listening to know is that that it's not it's not the slackers it's not the 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 crappy like you know like we said the the turds of the military that yeah. are that are going up against us and that are fighting this this is the people we want defending our country these are the people we want facing enemies foreign enemies that defending the constitution and they're not doing it because it it profits them in any way and uh, it's still going on for them. You know, yeah. the CDC is releasing these things that you're not having to wear a mask um, where you guys typically shop. Um, I didn't anyway, you know, yeah. like it, uh, one of the, my favorite memes that just came out a couple of days, you know, I saw it's like CDC says you can live life the way I always did. You know, <laughs> like I never changed. I never took their guidelines and did that. Yeah. You know? yeah. There's a couple of times where I, um, it was going to take four days of driving uh, and I just flew commercial and, but I didn't wear anything in the terminal all the way up until getting on the plane. Right. And then they, and they put it on and I put it on wrong, you know, and, and I actually talked to my, my, uh, my son flew with me and I just talked to him. I'm sure you know about this active resistance posture, right. you know, um, you know, we got to define, uh, uh, non-compliance, even a small thing because you're exercising, 
uh, the Patriot muscle, I call it, mm-hmm. you know, you're, 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 you've defined kind of this, this, the spot where you're going to stand. That's not going to be easy to stand there. And you're taking your, your inciting scrutiny. Yes. You're having people look at you. You're having people say things about you and you know, it's going to happen and you're building resilience towards, you know, a principled stance. Sure. And I think that's, you know, there's obviously, I, I know brothers in Christ that have, have done it. Um, and, and, and taking the, the, the experimental, the mandatory illegal experimental medical treatment. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not in their shoes. They're going to have to walk that out before the Lord. Um, you know, but it would say is, is, is principled stance. Uh, and, and once you decide principally, um, you don't get to, unless, unless you've been somebody wise comes along, opens the word of God for you. Uh, and, and helps you see principally how you were wrong. It was based in immaturity. It was based in, in a, an improper understanding of the word of God. And, and you can generally do that. You should, mm-hmm. as a man, be reforming. You should, as a man, be changing your mind. Um, but it, sh- it, would be, it should be in light of, of scripture and word of God and wiser men speaking to you, not based on scrutiny, not That's based right. on it's getting, it's getting hot getting pretty hot here. Okay. Yeah. My principles don't matter anymore. And, and, and in a lot of ways, when you, when you do that, uh, it's more damage. You know, yes. I thought this was principle. I thought this was religious. Yes. Oh, and now it doesn't matter anymore. You know? Yes. Um, so, so in, in, you know, for you, it's this, you know, illegal order for an experimental medical treatment. Guys right. are facing it in other ways. And, right. and if, if we're looking at the trajectory, um, there's going to be a lot more, things like this, that men of God are going to have to take stands on. That's right. That's right. And you yeah, do that now you build resiliency where you are by not looking for fights in immature ways, but you do that, um, by, by walking principally a principled life. And then the Lord bringing the resistance where he feels like it's going to be, because it's going to come somewhere. That's so if you're, good. if you're walking, uh, faithfully out God's word, it's going to happen. That's right. Um, so anyway, I guess it's, it's a little bit of a, my personal rant side of it, but that's my take on it. And, and long and short of it is, 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 is keep doing it brother. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think I messaged this to you a couple of times on Instagram when you post the counseling statements or whatever, like yeah. absolutely stay the course and, and you, and what you actually are doing, I think Jordan Peterson talks about this a little bit is, is by speaking the truth you're accepting the greatest adventure. That's right. Because you're not saying things to bring about an end state that you are contriving, but you're accepting an end state that is based on the truth. Exactly. Um, so anyway, man, keep, keep walking it, man. Um, it's a, it's fun to watch it happen. And, and I know for a fact, you know, we're going to be talking about this in five or 10 years. Yeah. And, and even I've been out of the military six years. And looking back on the time, uh, I, I voluntarily got out. It is also awesome to know that I avoided kind of these times. And I, and in my personal story, it's like thank goodness, Lord, I had a business. I was able to thrive through COVID, et cetera. And 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 that's what you have for me. And yeah. and if I was in that position, Lord, I pray that I'd I'd make similar choice. Um, but there's opportunities where you are to capitulate. Yeah. On little things, man, I keep doing that. I appreciate that. It's going to happen. I do appreciate that. I appreciate that encouragement and you have been an encouragement, man. So since we connected on social media, um, could definitely say that every single time I would get a message from you, just encouraging that, Hey, you, yes, you're, you're spot on on this. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, cause it does feel man, like when you're taking a strong stance, like you were doing something wrong because it feels counterculture when, by the way, I mean, like Jesus was the definition of counterculture. Um, and it feels like when you're going against the grain, you're just mm-hmm. like, not just come just stop making such a big issue. It would just be so easy. But like, man, if we did everything that just felt easy, where would we be as a society, let alone as a person? Um, so I do appreciate that. And I, I hope that guys, uh, realize like the importance of what everything that you just said there. And if you guys, like if you got the time and you're driving right now, like go back and just skip back like two minutes and listen to that again, because what you were bringing up, Nate, is reason your way into anything and, and like really, uh, go against morals. But man, you're ultimately going to have to face mm-hmm. yourself, you. Um, yeah. So well, what, as you're, as you're folk, 
uh, facing a possible transition and transition is, is a normal thing for families, for individuals, for men, like what's your, what's your focus and how are you, you know, you talked about another W2, you know, there's the unknown that you're going to be, I mean, is there a, is there a known timeline, like no later than at least for, for what your current commitment is? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I did see some, like I'm, I'm getting out, still getting out, yeah. you know, whatever, when the Navy case or right. when this happened, you know, it's like, um, so, so, and then, and then what is the, you know, I know it's God's timing and in God's hands, but as you're framing, you know, the next year, two years, whatever, like you and your wife, what is the focus and how are you thinking about that? Yeah. Um, good question. Uh, right now where I am is, has not been traversed yet. I, as far as I know, no officer has been released from the military for not receiving the vaccine in at least, or from the Marine Mm -hmm. Corps. As far as I know, Mm -hmm. what has happened, and I've spoken to several people, they were just so close to EAS. They put in their religious exemptions denied. They put in their, you know, their paperwork of like, nope, I'm still rejecting this. And they just wrote it out to EAS. And that was the easiest thing. My problem is Mm -hmm. I received the order a year ago. So I've been in mm-hmm. this fat in, in this battle now a year and here we are a year later. I'm still signing letters. I'm still signing page 11s and I'm still like putting, you know, marks on my service record to show for the record that I am complying as best as I can, but I will not bow to this. And my EAS is in 10 months. Okay. I have a child in nine months. So I end active service and yep. Yep. And yeah, so exactly. I'll be completely out 10 months. If you just let me ride this thing out and, and that could be the case. Um, but it, it could also not be. So yes, there is some kind of complexity there, but the Lord is good, man. And it's just one of those things where I was just sitting there just trying to figure it out, like le- legit, like going on walks and just like tearing up because I, I have mortgages. I have kids. I have a wife. I have like investments. Like what am I going to do? Right. I have normal debt that people have. Um, Uh and the Lord came in and and provided dude. Like I have a, I have a job that I'll be taking on with Amazon. Um, definitely making, um, just as much, if not more money than I'm making now as at least an opportunity to build that landing pad. Right. So I'm clear. I'm going to clear the brush from this field. I'm going to make a, 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 a runway and I'm going to take off on that thing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, one of the ways that I feel like a uh, recent podcast, some friends of mine that do the, the Kings Hall podcast and they talk about, uh, you know, if you're going to take a W2 and it's not a it's not a Christian company, uh, plunder Egypt. You know, like they, <laughs> yes. they're giving you their money. Yes. Reappropriate it for the gospel. Right. You know? Right. Like, That's hey, fantastic. I'm take that money and I'm going to build a Christian household with it. Yes. You know, and yes. I'm going to do these things. It's your it's heathen money. It's it's money that that's from, you know, plus maybe a, a woke culture, depending on what the company is. But plunder Egypt and and get yourself to the promised land via via that plunder. That's right. You know, and, and the, the Lord will work that out. That's right. Um, I'll just say, you know, from, for what it's worth, it's, it's, it just gets better and better. You know, um, my retirement date is, uh, this February coming up and we're going to have a, a party, but what would have been my yes. retirement date? Yes. And, uh, I told my wife, we're going to have a party. So we wow. have a party for it. And I'm like that. I didn't stay in that. <laughs> oh, and that doesn't yes. mean that doesn't mean that I'm looking at everybody that's in and saying, Oh, why are you doing it? You're an idiot, whatever for me. Uh-huh. I walked the path the Lord told me to walk and, and I'm fired up about it. And yes. I'm so excited to almost hit the, you know, that'll be seven, seven years almost after I got out when I hit that mark. Wow. And, and did you just, it, time is the only thing you need to worry about. Yeah. That's it. Invest it in the things that give you max return on one of the categories that God says is important, you know, and one of those things is money. For sure. Yeah. Um, but, but how you spend it is, is the only thing you worry about. And when you, when you leave the military and you experience that freedom that you haven't had, you don't have to put in a form to go 50 miles all the way from post. You don't have to get somebody to sign approvals, you know, whether yeah. you do that. Sometimes I went out, out without getting the form anyway, but um, <laughs> I was practicing my transition. Um, right. And uh, it's, it's going to be awesome, man. And, I and it's going to be really fun to, be able to watch as the Lord continues to lead and, uh, 
I really think he should should come hang out up here, uh, or or we'll come down there or something. We got to get the families together at some point, absolutely, and uh, see have the Lord work. But I appreciate your time um, speaking with us. And uh, if if guys, uh, real quick, if guys want to to get to know more about you, to support what you're doing, to to get to hear some of your other other guests, just give the give the places that, that everybody can find you real yeah, quick. Absolutely. Uh, well, easiest way is to head over to the becoming men.com. Again, that's the becoming men.com. You're going to be able to find a bunch of resources, um, just to be able to get you plugged in and connected, or you can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Ray De La Nuez. And, uh, that's just the easiest way to get a hold of me, man. Awesome. And we'll plug all those links in the show notes so everybody can, can find you. Thanks for your time, man. I, I just said spending your time is the only thing you should be concerned about. I'm really glad that you elected to do that with us and, and the listeners hopefully are, got value from spending it with us as well. So thanks.